It's the Bedroom Beethoven Podcast. Whoa, you just blew my mind because nobody talks about that shit. <laughs> Thank you for this. Like, I was looking forward to this chat, man. I love your interviews. Thank you for what you're doing. Like, it's excellent. And um, people can continue to learn the stories of, the, of these uh, bedroom Beethoven's. Um, how did you find out about this? Are you... Oh, my God. Having something like this to shed light on, on, on us is amazing. Like, we really need this documentation. So people like you are definitely needed. Welcome to Bedroom Beethoven's episode number 41, part of the 5-7 Collective. This is the podcast where I sit down with music producers and navigate through the 10,000-hour journey. In an era where 1 billion new songs are produced every nanosecond, it's important now more than ever to find your own sound. Shout out to J57 for allowing me some uh, creative elbow room uh, to, to create and uh, lending me his talent for the intro music. My guest this week is... The incomparable ghost knot. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been uh, me originally. I'm from France, like the south of France. Then I, I moved a bit in uh, in the UK. So uh, I play in bands. Uh, I start playing in uh, in reggae bands. A multi instrumentalist inspired by the golden age era of hip hop. Beethoven's.com. That's the website. And remember to rate, comment, and subscribe anywhere that you can find podcasts. You can hit up the YouTube. The Twitter is Bedroom Beat Pod. That's Bedroom B E E T P O D. And the Patreon is patreon.com slash Bedroom Beethoven's. You can give as little as one to two dollars to help support the show. I am your host, Cello. Let's start the podcast. I mean, I, I listened to uh, to a few, and I really like the yeah, just the content and uh, the questions, and the, it's like a discussion, so it's pretty it's pretty cool. Were you on the Mellow Orange imprint at one time? If I'm on the the label, you mean? Well, uh, you know, if I go to the, I, I thought you were associated with it, but then I go to the website and you weren't on the the roster list, and I was like, you know, was there a falling out? That was there a departure? Like, no, it's it's more uh, like I'm not an official uh, artist of their label. They, they kind of supported me on all my projects, so it's more like, uh, could say, a collaboration instead of like being a part of it. Uh, see, that's why I'm here because information on you is very scarce. There's not a lot of info on you online. There's not a lot of 
interviews of you out there in the world, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you not enjoy the, the interview process or the, or the podcast? Uh, I mean, yeah, I do, but I'm not like, you know, a big, uh, I wouldn't put myself too much on the, uh, you say like the, the internet overall. So, uh, it's, it's just, I guess the occasion and the fact that I didn't, uh, I've been traveling like on the, the, the past years too. So, uh, it wasn't easy, you know, like to, uh, maybe get interview and, and settle down to just promote myself, I guess, if I can say. Yeah, well, I'm honored. Yeah, and let, let's talk about a little bit. So you, you grew up in Canada. No, I, I grew up in France, actually. France. Oh, okay. But yeah. but your your home base is, I didn't know if it was Quebec or, or Montreal. or. Yeah, it's it's. I'm in Montreal right now, but uh, I arrived there uh, like about 12 years ago. That is a beautiful place. I saw a picture of Water Sprite Lake the other day. And man, yeah. one of one of the videos that you just released, uh, it, it, there's just images of Canada spliced together. Uh, I saw the the Gaspé Peninsula. Yeah. It's just incredibly beautiful place. Oh yeah, man. I mean, like uh, summertime in Canada is is amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, like all those, uh, you know, even like those autumn colors that we have now. Well, I'm, I'm in te- I'm in Texas, and we don't really have four seasons. It's either incredibly hot or you know mildly cold. But right, yeah, you guys have like. Uh, Pretty steady weather too. Then I, I moved a bit in uh, in the UK. So uh, uh, when I really started to go like on, on shows and stuff like that. So yeah, I had like, uh, I mean, my influence where I was always connected with like, uh, if I can say like a black culture in terms of uh, music. Because even my mother, she used to listen a lot to, um, to like soul music. And uh, she grew up in um, Mozambique. Africa, basically, when I grew up to black soul music and um, like what you can find in what you used to basically make some beats like all Motown <laughs> records and uh, lots of different artists from that era. And were your parents musicians or they just played a lot of music? Yeah, my, my father was uh, he's a guitarist, but uh, he's, he's not like a prof- professional musician. So he's been playing uh, just as a hobby, but he's, he's a good player. And my mother, she's been uh, playing piano as a hobby too. So I've been like surrounded by by music. You have a formal education in music, so that goes deeper than just a love of music. You had the intention of pursuing this as a lifelong career. Yeah, I mean, I I studied uh, I studied music a bit, but uh, I'm more into uh, right now. My job is is more like a sound designer, so I've kind of changed a bit field towards music. It's I always do music, but I mean. My main job is working with sound. So, well, we have something in common because you know your mom. She played piano. She she almost forced you to play piano. My mom forced me to play piano from age six to fourteen, and I was really quite good at it. However, there's yeah, there's always that difference though. Like when I went to a recital and I was so much better than everyone else out of necessity. Like I res- I resisted being good, and the other kids wanted to learn piano and they weren't as good as me so i always had this big target on my back like yeah kids didn't like me because i came from this household where music you you know you had to do music and yeah it doesn't matter if you were god gifted with with the talent you were going to practice enough to where you were the best person in the neighborhood and that's just the way it was going to be yeah it's 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 it's, actually it's it's pretty similar for me because uh it's the same as you like i was six and uh they just put me in front of a piano and like do what you can, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, 
Yeah, it was just the same. Man. So uh, Mozambique. So does she? Does your mom speak Portuguese? Yeah, she does. Like uh, she ex- she actually lives in Portugal right now. I, I believe it was like classical music because you had this melting pot of music at home. Then you moved on to jazz, which was more your thing. Was there an interest in like Brubick, Miles Davis, Max Roach, Chick Corea? Was it stuff like that? Yeah, it was uh, actually like, like uh, in jazz, a guy I, I, I listened a lot was uh, Red Garland. really kind of a bebop uh, pianist so uh, that was my kind of discovery of uh, toward like really jazz piano but uh, yeah as you said I started uh, I have been starting with classical music like I had a pretty uh, I wouldn't say but I could say a bit strict teacher that kind of forced me to learn Beethoven uh, <laughs> like score music when I was a uh, like 10 or 12, I was playing, uh, you say, uh, in French, you say La Lettre à Elise, I was playing this, this uh, score, like, uh, pretty young, and uh, yeah, so I, I was, like, navigating in classical, but it wasn't really my thing, I mean, I could play, but I wasn't, like, super enthusiastic doing classical music. But the culmination of, of, of everything that we just talked about, now you have uh, a bit of neo-soul flavor to your productions, this modern conscious music with it's like funk, soul, jazz, because of all these experiences. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely, man. It really helps. Uh, I mean, the, like lots of uh, jazz players, they said that they kind of needed this classical education to to be original in, in their style. So yeah, no, no, it's a plus for sure. Were your parents against you getting interested in hip hop or maybe listening to hip hop? Well, they didn't never really understood why I kind of went in the hip hop genre, <laughs> but uh, they, they never like blocked me of anything. Like they're, they're really uh, uh, encouraging, and no, it's just like uh, was something I, I was listening to because in France we had a, a culture of hip hop uh, with like certain bands in the like beginning of 2000 uh and it's it was quite interesting the the beats because you could really find this kind of um jazz uh, foundation to it and even uh like the, the mixture of sound they were using was quite interesting and so uh no i just naturally went into uh into that road oh kind of like mc solar you know going over yeah, man. like the 70s jazz stuff Exactly, like MC Solar, and uh, there was a band also, you know, I Am, the French band I Am. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, those were, they were the guys at the time, and, uh, and you had like more more jazz, uh, like oriented rap also, called uh, uh, Coffee, Milk and Sugar. Milk, coffee, yes. which was pretty good it's a bit like uh, you find a simi- similar uh, vibe as a uh, tribe called quest a bit
Oh yeah, for sure. And and uh, I I really got in this Amanda because uh, actually Spike Lee turned me on to that band. Oh yeah, was it Brother on the Side? Yeah, and you know I was always amazed by that because they've been around for 50 years. They emerged as innovators of black British music scene, but they did it by using their Caribbean heritage. As inspiration, they created new sounds that reeled in crowds from the UK, United States, Europe, and Africa. And I was like, how do you do that? Maybe maybe if I can ask you as a musician, how do you use your roots to cast as wide of a net as possible and stay relevant for 50 years? Is there a secret? Is it luck? How do you do that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure they just, like, uh, stay true, true to themselves, like, in the legacy with, like, I mean, for Simende, I just feel that you know they use a lot of percussions and those sounds which are like really um, in the roots of, of those Caribbean vibes I think they just stay true to themselves and just do the music they like <laughs> pretty much maybe maybe hip hop sampling too because may- many young people might be introduced to their music uh, they'd be introduced to it through MC Solar or samples yeah like what you said uh, regarding uh, MC Solar I, I I was familiar with Simonde through MC Solar see yeah there's the bridge <laughs> I want this to be a very open interview. I, I want to share something with you. Uh, you know, something quite heavy happened to me yesterday. I'm in my mid-30s, mind you, so there's no need to be sad about this. But okay. my my parents, this this time yesterday, my parents, after 38 years, separated. And yesterday I had to... Oh, jeez. Yeah, it, it's heavy. Yesterday I had to sign as a witness the separation paper. So it's a somber experience, to say the least. I yeah. I walk down the driveway... I get in my car and I just put on a shuffle list of music. Thousands of songs. Any song could have came on at random. You came on. And I was about I was about to switch the song because I wasn't much in the mood for like chill hip hop, but I was like, you know, I'm gonna talk to this guy tomorrow. Maybe it's a coincidence worth playing out for a few minutes. So I, I sat in my car and look, I'm not one of those your music got me through a hard time kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. I use I use music as an activity of enjoyment, not much as a coping mechanism. Yeah. But your music or that track was exactly what I needed in that moment. And it came on my stereo without me having to find you. It's like, oh, thanks, man. your music found me. And I know that's quite poetic, but I'm sure those things you don't think about when you're in the studio. Like you come up with a tone for the album, but the receiver of that tone and its beauty can be a constant reminder that in the depths of bad times, good and beautiful things can exist. Yeah, so sure. I had this, yeah, I had this surreal moment and I just wanted to thank you because, you know, when you go in the studio and you make music, you don't know how your music's going to be received, but I had a very important moment yesterday. So oh, thank uh, you. Thanks, man. Uh, thanks. It's, I mean, I'm glad I could uh, help you a bit. Uh, I wish that that music could make your parents come again together. <laughs> no, I mean, it's life, you know, um, 
And to me, it's the same. Like when I feel a bit down and uh, and the day is is not that good. Usually, if, I mean, listening to like to say um, good mood music and and just like stuff that makes me go through the day would like just lift lift me up and maybe make me forget about those bad uh, bad stuff for for a moment. But uh, I'm happy I could uh, make you smile like for a, a two minute uh, track. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I handed you a million dollars and I said make a track that's going to get my parents stay together there's no way you could do that you can't go in the studio and create that because it's a it's a totally organic experience for sure so how do you approach it like what is your process yeah i mean it's just like uh usually i just like try to find a a tone uh, i would play a melody that would that would make me feel something and from there if i if i just uh you know i, I feel it's it's cool enough and that uh, i don't really think about how people that might sound selfish but how people would relate to it because i feel that sometimes if you think too much about like how people gonna receive the thing uh it can make you go in the wrong direction musically but uh, i would just play something on the keys and like having fun and then after that just add like a, a series of layers and try to to make a construction of it but yeah, it's just uh, for me. It's like, like right now, music is not uh, is not my full time job. I'm I'm, I'm not like uh, I'm not uh, like lots of artists that they just do it. And some of them that they, they came to it late because it's hard to live on music those days. It's not that easy. So I have a nine to five and I work in sound like most of my day, you know? Yeah. And then you have a lot of collaborators that must like lift the, the, the heavy load because you do have a nine to five. You have American rappers, you have Maura Jean, Blair Clark, uh, Jins Moss. You, you got cover art that was done by a 3D animator at Ubisoft. You got Eric Abadu's flutist. I mean, wow. It's very eclectic. Yeah. yeah. Adam, man, I'm, I'm glad you found the flutist because like sometimes people, they don't, they don't know who uh, Dwayne Carey is. Uh, I'm glad you got that one. It's little nuances in the music, you know, that many people subconsciously will overlook. But there, these people are hand selected for a yeah, reason. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And uh, no, I mean, for me, it's more like okay, uh, uh, I'm coming back uh, after like working for because I work for a video game company during my day. So I would come back at the studio and I would just, uh, just you know, like relax doing music and have fun and just. Don't think about anything else. Just do my do my stuff, and after that, I will just like, oh, maybe this guy that I know or that I could contact would be great on this one, and and I would just reach out to him and and see if he would be keen uh, for like collaborating on the track. And in the nine to five, you work as a sound designer. Yeah, sound designer. Yeah. Did you work on uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Uh, not on this one. I, I worked on the the one before the before this one, uh, Black Flag. Ah, uh, yeah, man. Those those man. I put in over a hundred hours on those games, and uh, yeah. they're just so huge in scope, so large. Yeah, it's big, man. It's like a big world. Yeah, and what's funny is like Ubisoft in the 2000s, the Paris offices were being asked to handle the audio tasks of other branches because they were so well staffed that they had to reinforce the foreign branches on their games when it came to audio. Yeah. But as the company grew, 
the different branches all created their own sound departments with an in-house audio director, yeah. uh, which would be you, the sound designer. So now they only use the Paris offices for support during crunch time because, I mean, people don't even consider Ubisoft to be a French company anymore since most of the work is done in Quebec and Montreal now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true, man. Uh, that uh, actually Paris, they they, they 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 still have a, a small section of the games um, specific to their department. Like um, you probably heard of uh, uh, Ghost Recon, and um, I do, and uh, like Rainbow Six and all that. Yeah, Rainbow Six is made in Montreal, but uh, they they just did like a game called Ghost Recon in Paris that they. Yeah. But yeah, most most of the. Of the people working in Montreal now, like the studio is massive. We have like uh, 2,500 people here. Wow, it's pretty big. You know, you know what's funny is I know recording guns is actually quite difficult in France, as well as getting the permission to record them on military property. So games like Rainbow Six and Ghost Recon, it's not like the U.S. where you can drive out to the desert and record there. Yeah, exactly, and uh, that's what they've done on, on Rainbow. Actually, they went to, uh, I think it was Nevada, not not Nevada. Or some, somewhere like lost in the in the desert and they just uh, did their thing. Maybe it was around your place, no? Maybe uh, not far from Texas. I'm I'm quite close. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? I, I also learned that like one of the difficult things to do when recording sounds for a war game is to create gunfire that sounds different between the players' camp and the enemy camp because they both can't sound the same. Otherwise, you can't tell who's doing the shooting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some some of them have like different guns uh, that you could. Uh, recognized i guess but yeah you're right you have to make it sound like a pretty unique little, little stuff like that people don't think about <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> so uh you, you mentioned traveling at the very top of this interview from montreal to welly you spent eight months in new zealand yeah all right so uh well the travel uh, at the beginning was not really for music because uh, i was uh hired by a, a company over, over there uh to work in games uh, they, they make a game out there uh, from the, the company called Weta. It's uh, the company uh, that um, Peter Jackson, the guy who did uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, yes. So it's, it's his company, but they have like uh, branches where they basically make a, a video game right now. So I, I went there just for like working and as a, like basically leading the studio out there to make, a, to, to make sound for a, for a game. And uh, yeah, I spent some time there, and I already had the contact from uh, the band Rock Collective because I I went there in uh, 2016 uh, already for uh, just like chilling basically. So I met with them, and when I came back this time, I just like spent a lot of time with them um, doing music. Uh, they went into a summer tour and they invited me to uh, to join as a, as a keyboard player. So yeah, we just uh, we just played like a lot. Good friend with uh, the, the leader of the band uh, called uh, Rory is a is an MC too. And uh, I just like throw bits at him and said, okay, uh, what do you think about that? How would you feel making a making an album with me and just like adding your own touch to it? But in a very short time, uh, and he just he just said yes. 
And then uh, he basically told me, okay, if, if we do that in a short time, because I basically had uh, my contract was, uh, it was coming towards like the end of my contract. So there was like a six month window to play with. And he just told me, okay, if we go that road doing an album, you'll have to, uh, to drive us on a, to be like a, a general and just like making move from a track to another and then we'll do it. And that's what happened. We did this project uh, from like uh, a selection of beats that I had on the side. And uh, that's pretty much it. Very organic process. Very cool. And, and Boreal is uh, is another collaboration. Uh, Landesi. The record is, is kind of in that same vein where he like he visited you and then you proceeded to, hey, you know, let's make an album. And I wanted to say congrats on a million streams on that track, by, by the way, as well. Ah, thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, we, we did that with uh, with Landessi because he came, uh, he basically came over to, to Montreal. Because the story behind it was that uh, I contacted uh, Landessi like uh, while I was finishing from Montreal to Uli because I was looking for people to remix some of the tracks. And I was just listening uh, to different artists like uh, throughout SoundCloud, Spotify, just a bunch of like uh, artists that you kind of find through, uh, you know, like music that you like, kind of suggest suggestions. So uh, I come across uh, Leonesi and then I start listening a lot to his music and I, I really, uh, I really enjoy what he was doing. Uh, I mean, uh, it's, it's really, uh, I found it really original and jazzy and at the same time hip hop, but like modern, modern hip hop. So yeah, I contacted him for the remix and after that he told me, oh, I might come to, um, to Canada at some point. I just want to do like a little trip and visit, uh, I mean, the area and just have fun. Uh, and uh, I might contact you while I'm there because I, I don't know anything about uh, Quebec. So I, I need some advice where to go, what to do and everything. So he came over uh, with his girlfriend. Pretty cool. Like he just uh, he just did like a big road, road trip, and at the same time, I I was doing a show with a bunch of friends here. So he joined us for the show, and then after he just uh, went into his uh, big road road trip over Canada. He came over to the to the studio, and we just uh, we made this this track in in like an afternoon, just playing a few keys. He made the guitar, and uh, and from there we just uh, built the track and was really really nice really good moment uh, and then after that I made like a, we didn't finish the track straight up on the day but after that I made like a structure and I bounced him back to him and we kind of finished it uh, while he was back to France so it's his birthday today too yeah yeah exactly yeah I just yeah, told him that. yeah happy birthday man <laughs> <laughs> He was able to quit his job last year and do music full time. Is that ever a, a, an ambition of yours, or you like the nine to five? I mean, it's uh, it's tough for me at the moment because I'm I'm like 
having all those uh, existential questions like uh, could I could I do just music? Could I? Uh, but I, I like uh, I like sound design. I like what I do for games as well, and uh, I feel it's really uh, connected because uh, I will just you know play with uh, with a bunch of plugins at work and. And in my head, I would I would be like, oh, maybe I could use that on a track and, and fucked up things to make it interesting. And so it's always like, um, I mean, it would be good to be only music, but I think I would miss a bit the the sound design parts too. So um, it would be bittersweet. But there and there are advantages that lead that lend itself to both sides of your profession. Well, I mean, being in in uh, are you a freelancer or you are in a company or uh, right now I'm a freelancer, so I, I kind of get the the economy, the gig economy. Okay, right. But you know like when you're in a company like some video game, I mean, that huge you have like advantages in life, basically uh insurance and all that comes with it. Leaving that for music full time, it would be it would mean that I would be a bit more insecure no say no more you're a very smart man (laughs) because i I know the struggle yeah exactly so yeah it's it's always i mean in audio is the same like i have a bunch of friends that are freelance and i feel their pain where they don't have any contracts and when the, the times are rough because they have to spend like one or two months without really gigging and just try to to find some stuff so uh yeah it's always that in my mind i'm i'm saying okay uh yeah i'll have to to be really hands on and really strict if i if i go that way just to make sure i i i have a good network well how how are how's the vibe in in canada nowadays the canadian prime minister how do you how do you feel about him a lot of people are unhappy but the 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 way that people live here is 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 good like it's it's safe people are i mean violence is is not there as much as other places like like i could say france like i mean the last years in france were pretty dramatic but uh i feel the the work status of people they could have more a few more benefits especially in terms of medical insurance and and stuff like that where we have like it's not perfect here yeah i'm I'm hoping canada continues to thrive because lord knows the u.s isn't we're not doing too well in the leadership category but i would love to visit you should yeah yeah, I mean, if it depends what you like. If you like snow, you can come in February. Yeah, I'm from Texas. I, we can't handle anything more than 0.4 inches of snow, and then then we shut down the whole state. All right, so don't come in winter. Bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Uh, is there anything else that you want to let the people know as uh, we, as creatives and musicians, close out 2019? Any future projects you want to tell people about? Yeah, I mean, uh, right now I'm working... Um, I'm not working on albums right now. I'm I'm just like uh, releasing a bunch of singles. So I'll be uh I'll be releasing stuff with a new artist, more instrumental on on the the next project. But uh yeah, I will I will be releasing a few singles by the end of the year and I'm aiming to release a, a vinyl of all the beats I've been doing in 2019 uh with like a company called Curate. They're going to help me promote uh that and uh, that's pretty much it uh keep doing music i'll be in in new zealand next year uh playing with rock collective in uh february uh, that's pretty much it man just like if people want to follow me they can they can check my uh spotify instagram and facebook that's pretty much where i am right now for people that aren't familiar with curates basically you have to get a certain amount of orders before it's pressed so 
I will do my part to promote you and make sure that that is a reality. I will do my part. Oh, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks, man. And uh, to be honest, it's uh, it's a really good uh, system uh, for artists because they, they have less pressure of uh, putting the money up front to make, uh, to make a vinyl. So, uh, yeah, it's... It's great that people can support that way and you feel less pressured at the end of the day just uh, to make this the project uh, on physical. All about the physical, man. Yeah, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on. Was this your first podcast, by the way? Uh, on the postcard, yes. I've, I've been doing uh, an interview for uh, German radio that was uh, in the same, uh, same vibe a bit. Uh, but in the U.S., I'm the first. <laughs> in the U.S., you're the first, man, for sure. What an honor, man. Yeah. Please uh, please come back anytime, and the invitation is always there. Uh, thanks a lot, and, and um, to be honest, uh, I wish you uh, all the best for uh, the next podcast, and your content is really nice, so uh, it's rare to come across like some good, uh, good, good podcasts like that. Uh. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, the, the cool thing is, like, uh, you know, I'm not tied to a magazine. I don't have a creative director telling me what guests to go. So if you're on this podcast, I can't get around it. I'm a true fan of your music because I'm cherry-picking the people I want on the show. So uh, okay. believe me when I say I, I love your music, I love your work ethic, and I like your energy, and I'm just a fan. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. All thanks, right. man.